Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Balls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. A podcast dedicated to the Balls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football League here in Ireland. I am your host, Alan Byrne, alongside, as ever, who earns himself Owen Byrne. Owen, already over the quarter mark of the Fantasy Football League. How are you feeling? Feeling good and bad. Um, pretty good. Uh, it's been some great football, great weeks, great fantasy. Feeling bad that it's going so quick. Yeah, absolutely. As I say, already through the quarter mark of the Fantasy League and closing in on the quarter mark of the NFL season already, it's absolutely flying by. Yeah, it's flying. Um, but it's been great. It's been great. It's been phenomenal games every week. Just, uh, you know, slow down. Slow these weeks down a little bit so we can enjoy it. Yeah, yet yet you're eager for next weekend to come so you can see more action. I know. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, there's absolutely some outstanding action again in week number four. Let's get into it. It's news time. But let me hit you with some knowledge. So week four kicked off as the Cincinnati Bengals hosted the undefeated Miami Dolphins on Thursday night, and it was a good one. The Bengals finally coming to the fore and taking a big win over the Dolphins. Dolphins moved to three and one, the Bengals two and two, but we finally see the Bengals possibly coming up to life. Sunday started early with the first of the games in London, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium hosting the Saints v. the Vikings, and this one was a thrilling back-and-forth effort from both sides, coming all the way down to a field goal for the Vikings in the final seconds, followed by a last-second field goal for the Saints to tie it and bring it to overtime. But a double doink comes back, and the Vikings win it 28-25. It was a good game on. Yeah, great game in London. Um, back and forth, as you said. Uh, really enjoyable game. Delighted. I love when the London game is good because we've been so many of them. It's great when it's a good game and you're there. Like it's because you know yeah. a lot of people only get to go, might only get to go to one in their life, and I just love when the London game is good, so the fans enjoy it and all. And the Thursday night game with the Bengals um, looked like a pretty obvious spot for the Bengals to win at home. Miami having to travel after playing. Um, a uh, hard battle with the Bills the week before in such strong heat. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it was a vital win for them. Elsewhere on Sunday evening, an upset in uh, in Atlanta. The Falcons beating the Browns 23-20. to Browns, heavily favoured, uh, didn't come out on the right side. Another 23-20 game saw the Bills come from 20 points to 3 down with 20 unanswered on the board and take a 23-20. A huge win for Buffalo uh, in a big AFC. Could be an AFC championship uh, curtain raiser. Yeah, for sure. Definitely see um, both these teams uh, making deep runs into the playoff. And, you know, for the second uh, time this season, the Ravens blow a a big enough lead. Um, That's got to be worrying them. Uh, they need to start being able to see out these games, controlling the clock a bit better. Um, yeah, but uh, obviously Lamar playing great again, and that was a great game to watch as well. Um, the Bills came out in the second half yeah. firing, and it was uh, it was great to watch. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they looked they looked bad for a couple of quarters there, but uh, no, Josh Allen put him on his back, and uh, yeah, huge win. Elsewhere, the Dallas Cowboys, a mediocre Dallas Cowboys, beat a poor Washington Commanders team, twenty-five to ten. We had a high-scoring game uh, in Houston as the Texans came out losers to the Chargers by 34 points to 24. Texans still yet to get off the mark. Chargers 2-2. Two and two. But a hugely exciting match went down in Detroit. The Lions coming out on the wrong end of a 48-45 to 45 point game. Absolutely amazing to score 45 points and still lose. But the Lions will be the Lions. Yeah, I mean, look, it's the number one offense in the league at the moment is the Lions, but they just can't stop anybody. And they have this big habit of getting behind big in games. I mean, they had to come out in the fourth quarter and score 22 points to even make it close. Uh, They need to start a little faster and, you know, like one defensive stop, please, and they might actually win a game. You know, they're yeah, one and three We're doesn't really that. well for the number one offense. That's it, number one offense in the league. Uh, and as we said during the week, a mediocre defense probably has them at three and one. And yeah, it's tough watching to be a Lions fan. You're finally seeing this offensive uh, display of uh, incredible scores week after week, but just can't get the victories. Yeah, for sure, and even missing, they were missing Chark, Amon Ross, Sam Brown, and um, Swift at the weekend, and still put up 45, so just goes to show um, what really highlights for me there is that their O-line is really dominant, and, you know, anyone can play behind it, essentially, probably the best O-line in the league at the moment, and, um, you know, they're really a cohesive unit, and no leaky spots in it. There you go. Absolutely. Elsewhere, the Indianapolis Colts uh, followed up a huge win over the Chiefs at home to lose to the Tennessee Titans at home 24-17. A bad loss for them. Elsewhere, the New York Giants moved to 3-1 and with a win over the Chicago Bears 20-12. The Philadelphia Eagles, the only undefeated team left in the NFL, 29-21 winners over the Jaguars. Having to come from behind after an early stutter, they were fourteen nil down early in that one, uh, but come out on top. Jalen Hurts makes a big mistake with a pick six, but puts them on their back to claim the win. Yeah, for sure. Um, strange, strange game here from Trevor Lawrence. Didn't play too bad, but just dropped the ball on the ground uh, more than once and turned over possession. Um, the Eagles won the turnover battle five one. Losing the turnover battle 5-1 is not going to help you win any game. Um, even with this bright start that Jaguars have had this year. Uh, not ideal. Um, but look, I think the Eagles look good, but they only look good at the start of games. They're really a first-half team. And they're really struggling in the second half. They're beatable. It's... What suggests to me of them struggling in the second half compared to the first half, like they're blowing out teams in the first half, then they come out and struggle in the second half, is that defensive coordinators can adjust to their offense quite easily at halftime. They're really not blowing teams out, or they're not even scoring that much in the second half through the four games. So that's not going to bode well for them in the long term as the season goes on. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, the New York Jets have put up their second win of the season. It's come against an AFC North team. Last time out, they came from behind to beat the Browns away in Cleveland late. This weekend, away late in Pittsburgh. They come out 24-20. Zach Wilson came back, looked good. And, of course, uh, we saw Kenny Pickett making his first appearance with a benching for your old QB. Yeah, uh, that's probably the biggest news from this game. Um, no one really seems to care that the Jets won again. Um, but it was nice to see Zach Wilson out there again. Had a decent enough game. I think he was around 50% of his passes were uh, caught for about 250. He had two picks, but uh, no, not the end of the world. But yeah, the big news, Kenny Pickett finally gets in as Mitch Trubisky is benched. And um, too uh, too late, in my opinion. Should have happened uh, a week ago, <laughs> at least. Uh, Mitch is bad. And you're all welcome, I told everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Elsewhere, the Cardinals got a win away on the road against the Panthers. Panthers looking uh, poor enough. Uh, the Packers struggled to uh, get a victory over uh, the Patriots, who really put a good performance together. But the Packers still win it. 27-24, they're 3-1, Patriots 1-3. and three. Elsewhere, the Raiders get a big win on Sunday night against the Broncos. Divisional foes, Raiders getting off the mark with their first win of the season, 32-23. Yeah, uh, the Panthers are bad. They are very, very poor. Uh, yet to score uh, more than 17 points in a game yet this year. Uh Poor um, a QB. I mean, Mayfield, we all know here that I'm not a fan of Baker Mayfield, but he's just proving me right week in, week out. He's not good. And the Cardinals have been, you know, hit and miss, and, like, they were very comfortable in winning this game, you know, in all seriousness, like, especially when it got into the second half. The Panthers are just poor and not, not one bit dynamic. Um... I was really looking forward to at the start of the season watching Denver Broncos this year, and now it's hard to watch their games. They are mm. not a unit. It's weird. I think that, uh, what's his name, Nathaniel Hackett, I don't think he's a head coach. They look bad. They don't look organized. Even their scripted plays at the start of the game and the start of the second half are... You know what I mean? There's no flair. There's no creativity. It's odd. Yeah. And when, when we talked about Russell Wilson having all these weapons, these high-flying wide receivers and good two top running backs, and uh, yeah, you're right. They're just not, not a cohesive unit at all. Yeah, it's strange. Uh, and and even like the Raiders have had a poor start to the season and, and haven't looked great themselves. And, you know, again... Pretty pretty comfortable win. They took over in the first half and you know, never really looked like they might lose the game. It was it was pretty comfortable in a sense. They were able to control the ball. Jacobs carried a lot and they controlled the game. Time of possession, everything. Denver yeah. it's, it's weird because they have a pass rush as well. Like I don't understand. Like their whole yeah. line just yeah. isn't there at all. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, worth watching, worth watching. Sunday night brought around a hugely entertaining game between the Chiefs and the Bucks. Patrick Mahomes 
was an absolute delight to watch. He was absolutely thrilling. And, uh, you know, I've been watching the NFL a long time. He's one of the most exciting quarterbacks uh, I've seen who isn't a, a, a runner, you know. Every play is yeah. just, what's he going to do? Yeah, I mean, uh, agreed. His, his, his flip pass after the spin on the sideline is just outrageous. Outrageous. It was the most ridiculous play. He looked dead to rights twice and still yeah. threw a touchdown. Ridiculous. Yeah. With a little with a little chuck pass, like it was absolutely incredible. But it, like Spice. that's just it. That's the way he plays the game. It's just amazing. Yeah, the before the game, I think it was NBC had it. They were showing um um like their halftime review of the first half or whatever. And they showed him in pre game warm up. And he was like running around someone and doing basketball throws. And one of the coaches was like holding his arms out as a basketball net. Like he was literally doing it in a warm up for the game <laughs> and then does it in the game. It's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely. The jab is insane. different. Yeah, absolutely. And a big win. A big win for the Chiefs. And then everything rounded out Monday night as my 49ers finally came to the fore and hammered. The NFL champion Rams, 24-9. Domination on both sides, which is funny. I say domination on both sides when Rams had more possessions, more first downs, but got no big plays in. Looked like they weren't able to score a touchdown. 49ers D was just suffocating. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Won the game in the trenches, really, um, the Niners did. Uh, Except for that one play where, like... Aaron Donald just went unblocked to run at Garoppolo. <laughs> you don't do that. <laughs> no, That's not the no. winning formula. But yeah, no, in, in general, I mean, a great performance on both sides of the ball by the Niners. Um, really dismantled the Rams. The Rams just look so stuck. They can't run the ball at all. Like, not even a little bit. The O-line is weak. And, like, outside of Cooper Cup, they don't seem to have much on offense either. I mean, yeah, yeah. you have to wonder as well how hurt Stafford is. He's thrown a lot of short passes, not going yeah, down no the field balls. as often yeah. as he was last year at all. You really have to wonder how hurt he actually is. Now, with that said, they're missing Van Jefferson. He's kind of their deep guy, uh, Bobby Trees is obviously gone. Alan Robinson, they're not looking his way for whatever reason. Um, but they don't seem to have a downfield threat, you know? Yeah, well, I suppose that's true now. You know, Skranik can run and that, but... Yeah, it's just a lot of short passing. Now, I suppose, at the same time, I just complained about their all line. He's probably not getting blocked enough for anyone to get downfield. Um, but, yeah, they just look stale. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, long may it continue. Long may it continue. All right. Of course, uh, week four also brings around injuries. Some were slight, some were mediocre. One particularly was pretty bad. What do you got? Yeah, some of the uh, lower lower name guys would include uh, Isaiah McKenzie, LaVisca Chenault, Kenny G, Cameron Brace. Then Danny Dimes went off but ended up coming back on, but still not 100%. 
Uh, Brian Hoyer went down, con- uh, concussion protocol. Traylon Burks got hurt for the Titans. Then uh, into some of the bigger names, uh, Javante Williams, Jonathan Taylor. Um, and obviously the big one you uh, were alluding to, Tua Tungvaloa. Uh, really nasty one Thursday night. Um, into the concussion protocol, of course. And doesn't look like he's going to be playing next week. Yeah, yeah, and of course you mentioned Javante Williams, a torn a- ACL and MCL and LCL or whatever. Uh, yeah. He's out for the year and uh, he's got a big recovery apparently, Adam. Yeah, uh, pretty much uh, all the CLs are gone in that one knee and yeah, it's going to be a long road back. Uh, it's a real shame because we've only kind of seen flashes of him so far and the flashes look really, really good and uh I was looking forward to watching him a lot this year, and uh, it's a real shame now he won't be uh, involved. Absolutely. All right, let's have a look at the Ball Steve Dynasty Week 4 Rundowns. Another hugely exciting weekend of football is in the history books. Game one or is our game of the week. And it was between your podcast hosts. Both sides saw a lot of good and both sides saw a lot of bad in this one. Kicking the squibs came out firing in the London game early Sunday afternoon. Letting Justin Jefferson lose for 31 points. Sunday evening saw a huge game from TJ Hawkinson for 39.9 points. And J.K. Dobbins for 22.3. After that, though, it was tough sledding. T-Law and Davis combined for just 4.99 points. Wilson, Fields, and Packers D also failed to get into double figures. Only Bobby Trees managed this for kicking the squibs. In response, the Fear Boners had a QB double shot of Allen and Wilson combined for 61 points. Fournette, Hall, A.J. Brown, and Singletary all hit double figures. Osborne, ETN, and the Steelers' defense did not. We headed for Monday night. Kicking the squibs had a 12-point lead with Henderson to play. The fair boners had George Kittle to play. I had a feeling going into this game that the 49ers' D were going to snuff out Henderson, which they did for just 6.9 points. But I also had a feeling the Kittle was going to break out in a big way, a la TJ Hawkinson had earlier that afternoon. He sadly did not. Barely even used. He mustered just 4.4 measly points. And so, after a bleak opening two weeks, kicking the squibs, have found their squibs, and knocked out two on the bounce. Two and two through four weeks. The Fear Boners, starting with a 1-3 and three record, are seeing their season quickly slip away. Less Fear Boners, more Flaccid Boners. <laughs> See, even I can give myself abuse on this podcast. A rough week. Rough week. Yeah, yeah, it's always rough when you lose to me. Because <laughs> my team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> two and two baby the squibs are back <laughs> yeah uh, strange week strange week look um, I got I felt like I just got pretty lucky here I mean the likes of Hawkinson really going off um, 
was uh, a surprise. You know, I mean, yeah, I think he's he hasn't good. Been but like, I think he's good, but like, I'd have been happy if he got like fifteen points. But like, you know, nearly yeah. getting forty on his own, always going to be tricky. But, I, but as you rightly said earlier, I suppose they're missing Saint Brown, missing Chat, missing Swift. He's the likely boy to pick up all that, all that gold, and in a forty-five yeah. point game, you know. Yeah, yeah, he did eight catches from twelve targets, like uh, one hundred seventy-nine yards, two touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. So, you know, yeah. there's plenty to like about the performance, but uh, I won't get used to it. Yeah, well, congrats, brother! You did Thanks. it. You suck. That's a win. <laughs> you couldn't even beat me. I do that. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> Well, game two was our blowout of the week, and that came courtesy of that So Ravens team in badly needed of victory. The jinx was clearly put on the walking dead two weeks ago, as they've had two weeks now to forget. That So Ravens had Jacobs explode for 34.5 points. CMC and Cup were into the 20s. Moore, Duvernay, Dalton, and the Pats D all in double figures. In fact, their poorest performance of the week came from normally reliable outlets of Stafford, Robinson, and Mark Andrews. But 148.6 points in the bag at the end of the weekend's action. It was a pitiful response from the Walking Dead. Tyreek Hill and Kyler Murray each got into the 20s, but only Hertz and Herbert would get more than 10 each. The Chiefs and Williams just got over 3 points. Engram got just over 2 points. Acres just over one point and a minus 0.6 points also on the board. Woof. That's so Ravens back to parity. Two and two with a near 57 point blowout. The walking jinx also two and two after a red hot start. Psych, psych, super psych. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we clearly gave Keen the kiss of death. Uh, he's been absolutely garbage since we said how good he was. And uh, he's now riddled with injuries as well. Uh, losing, obviously, as we mentioned earlier, his big name, Javante Williams. Uh, clearly down for the year. That's going to hurt him big time. Um, yeah, his apparently his Achilles heel is he has no depth. So that's not going to help at all. Uh, real nice win from, yeah. uh, from yeah. Stephen here again. I mean... Uh, Look, he's guys. Guys, he needs to rely on. We're we're back doing the business this week. Cup McCaffrey, uh, you know, he would like to obviously like a little more out Mark Andrews, but uh, Devin Duvernay was able to pick up some of those pieces and uh, a huge game from Josh Jacobs. Uh, he actually ran the ball really well. Had some really nice runs. There was one in particular. He just ran into the back of the the offensive line. Uh, looked like he was swallowed up, then just spun out and was gone for like 45 yards. It was a ridiculous run. Yeah. But Jacobs, Jacobs seems to have this, that kind of game once every season. And I can't really kind of follow it up week after week, but you'd like to hope that uh, that he can. He certainly has it in him. But uh... Yeah, but uh, strangely enough, uh, I think if you check the stats, if he gets a certain amount of carries per game, I think it's somewhere in like the 15 to 17 range. The win-loss ratio of the Raiders is ridiculous when they actually give him the ball. They actually win way more often when they give him... I think it's somewhere between 15 and 17 carries a game. 
they win like yeah, ridiculously wow. way more often than they lose. So sure, surely there's some surely there's something in that. <laughs> feed the beast. Yeah, Raiders one and three. <laughs> Well, Game 3 saw the highest scoring week of the season so far. Nick Cage's bunnies ramped up 179.28 points. Only Boyd and the Browns D failed to get double figures. Everyone else had no issues. Jared Goff topped off with 34.22 points. Chubb, Kelsey and D-Ball in the 20s. Rogers, Jones, Williams and Thielen were all above 14.5 each. Huge weekend. The response from Cup My Balls would have been good enough to beat all but three other teams in the league this week. Evans and Sanders combined for 60 points between them. Lamb was in the 20s. Cook, Elliot, and Ryan all in double figures. But just a few too many duds from Juju, Njoku, Mayfield, and the Broncos D stopped this one from being a shootout. Cup My Balls end week four, two and two. And still well in the mix. Nick Cage's bunnies back on top of the donkey's asses division. Three and one. Looking for a repeat. Real, real nice week here from Ross. Super. I mean, what some real nice scoring across the board. Like, he's a lot of parity in his team there. Um, obviously, propped up by big, big performances by star quarterback Jared Goff. <laughs> I mean, everyone knew coming into the season he was probably going to be QB1 this year, but uh, nice to see he's able to step up to the mark and prove it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, yeah. Nick Chubb is steady Eddie there at the running backs. I mean, he's one of the most consistent backs this year and has been every year he's been in the league. He's great. I love him. <laughs> you do indeed. Well, game five was a high-scoring ding-dong, as we hoped it would. Between 2021 runners-up, Kenneth Killers, and the only undefeated team in the league thus far, Dalvin and the Chipmunks. Both teams had players in the 20s. Brady's, Higgins, and Penny for the Killers. Burrow and the 49ers, D for the Chipmunks. Both teams had multiple players in the teens. Sutton, the Mooth, and Eagles, D for the Killers. Barkley, Connor, Chase, Diggs, and Everett, all for the Chipmunks. But both teams also had their duds. Tua, of course, going off with a bad injury. Anderson and Jonathan Taylor once again for the Killers. Not looking good. Ayuk and Palmer for the Chipmunks also not pulling their weight. Despite being scheduled to lose, Kenneth's killer showed our muscle. And come away with a victory by 13 points. Both teams end week four with a three and one record. And both lead their respective divisions. It was a good one. Yeah, it was definitely uh, one of the highly anticipated matches coming into the week. And uh, it didn't disappoint. Uh, it was back and forth pretty much all weekend. Uh, I'm just going to reiterate every week. It's so good watching Saquon Barkley play. <laughs> he's so good. It's, yeah. he's actually ridiculous. He's, uh, even, though he's, yeah. even though he's running all over the Bears, I mean, it's just he's exceptional to watch. And look, I think uh, Kieran kind of got out of jail a bit here with the likes of Tua going down. He'd have been definitely um, a bit fluffed going into the weekend since it happened in the Thursday night game. But uh, did nice to, to pull out the win all the same. Obviously, uh, Penny 
bringing up the, a big point score for him. But uh, Jonathan Taylor doing nothing and now out. Uh, yeah, be a bit of a struggle yeah it's for worrying. It was, it's been worrying for Taylor. I mean, he has to be good this season or they haven't been given him the ball. Whatever's going on there, I don't understand it. Much like our Josh Jacobs uh, conversation just a minute ago, uh, it really, uh, you know, I, I don't understand why they're not giving this guy the ball. He proved that last year he's uh, sensational. You know? Yeah, I mean, like week one, he had 31 carries and he caught four passes for... 175 yards or something like that and then week two mm-hmm. they gave him the ball 10 times like i don't understand like, i mean in he needs most 25 games, touches a game yeah, yeah in most games, games he's the best player on the field um yeah. but look uh the Colts have been struggling in general i mean they're not the team they would have liked to be coming into the season and it's shown but at the same time my ice has been slinging he's like third or fourth in the passing yards for the year in QBs yeah 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 but they're just not playing well overall you know? yeah and they can't punch it in like or, that's it that's it well game 5 saw the human beings take on rebuild and progress the human beings came out swinging once again this week with Gino Smith leading the way as he got in over the 30 point mark Mahomes' magical display and King Henry at it again. They followed up with 20-plus nights on Mackenzie and Lockett, but got into the teens. Duds were put up once more by Kyle Pitts, which again is hard to believe. And Deontay Johnson also, while Patterson just missed out 10 before he went off injured and hit the IR. R.I.P. saw a reasonable return, but just not enough this week. Damian Pierce exploded with D.K. Metcalf also hitting into the 20s, while Jackson Adams and Carr reached double figures. But again, Gibson, Henry, Smith, Carter, and the Chargers D would combine for less than 30 points between them. And in the end, a 24-point comfortable win for the human beings sees them back to 2-2. Two the rebuild certainly does continue for RIP as they start off the year one and three through the first four weeks. Shades of 2021. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful to Anna and, and RIP. Um, they're uh, not letting me be bottom of the division. It's very nice of you, Anna. Uh, appreciate a lot. Keep up the good work. <laughs> and another look, steady week from Green here. I mean, he's the highest scoring team in the league this year. Uh, he's already eclipsed 600 points through four weeks. And, you know, we've mentioned it every week. He's going to be a force. He's he's difficult to handle, and you got to score big to, to beat him. That's it. And down weeks again for Kyle Pitts and Deontay Johnson. You're presuming it's only a matter of time. But presumably, uh, Johnson, if he gets Kenny Pickett slinging to him, but the Kyle Pitts thing is 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 another baffling, uh, another baffling thing, isn't it? Totally bizarre. I mean, he's their best player, and he has ten catches through four games. It makes no sense to me. I don't know Shocking. why they're not hyper targeting this guy. I think he only has twenty, maybe twenty-one targets on the year. Even I mean, he should be having half that every game. You know. Yeah. This guy is yeah. a freak athlete, and you should be trying to hit him with the ball every every second, third play. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and as I mentioned, Patterson uh, hits the IR for four weeks with injuries, so uh, you know he'll be a loss too. Yeah, for sure. Um, but look, more reason to give Pitts the ball. It's all coming yeah, from absolutely. the house. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we move on to our final game of the week, which saw a battle of the 2021 winners. Championship winners, mediocre football team took on toilet ball winners, QB anti-vax. This one was scheduled to be close, but it turned out to be one-sided in the end. Mediocre football team had Eckler break out for 33.9 points, Herbert and Jamal Williams for 20-plus, while Judy and Rush both saw teen returns. But it was big names like Waddle, Kirk, Waller, and the Colts D all failed to get going, topped off by a goose egg from Chase Claypool. They needn't have worried. QB anti-vax only had Marquise Brown get over 20. Mixon, Cousins, and the Cowboys D reached double digits. What a lot, a lot of mediocre play from Komet. Harris, Dylan, McLaurin, and shocked face Carson Wentz all failed to get the entire team to the 100 point mark for the first time this season. But they took a fourth loss all the same. Mediocre football team again for a run at the title at 3 and 1. QB Antifax, or the goose eggs as I like to call them, still searching for a W. Oh, and four. It's a hard start to come back from. Hard start to come back from. Look, Adam, uh, flexing again here. As you said, champion last year. Coming back this year, swinging hard. 3-1, defending his title. Real nice scoring across the board. Nice to see. Well, Adam will think it's nice to see. Uh, awesome Eckler really uh, putting up the numbers he was hoping to be putting up. Um definitely benefit for the likes of um, Jamal Williams had a nice day uh, for with, with Swift out I mean definitely nice to benefit in those scenarios but look Ben it's a hard road it's a long road and uh, you're on it pal I mean there's work to be done there's work to be done the trade the trade doors are all open absolutely absolutely it's time for Time for some to start making some moves, absolutely. Let's have a look at the tables before we go any further. Below average, Joe's division looks like this. Dalton and the Chipmunks, one game out ahead. They are 3-1. and one. That's a Ravens and Cup by Balls tied in for second at 2-2. Two and two. And the aforementioned Goose Eggs bringing up the rear on 0-4. and four. On to the Donkey's Asses division. Uh, 2021 division winners Nick Cage's bunnies strong and out ahead again a game off at three and one the human beings and the walking jinx both two and two the flaccid boners bringing up the rear one and three and in the suckiest bunch of sucks division we have almost a carbon copy of where we were after four weeks in 2021 mediocre football team Kenneth Killers out ahead three and one Kicking the squibs, two and two. R.I.P. Bringing up the rear, one and three. So, let us look ahead to week number five.
really. <laughs> can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Oh, some more tasty matchups in week number five, starting with the Fear Boners taking on Batso Ravens. This one's scheduled to be 143 to 141. A tight one here. Let's hope uh, it works out the way it says on my screen. Elsewhere, RIP looking for a vital win, but they've got it. They're up against it this week against Nick Cage's buddies, who are red hot at the moment. Kicking the squibs, looking for three wins on the bounce. The walking jinx, looking to avoid three losses on the bounce. Exciting, exciting matchup here. Elsewhere, the mediocre football team, three and one. Take on Dalvin and the Chipmunks, three and one. And what is going to be a good one? A tough one for Dalvin last week, losing to Kenneth's Killers. They're looking to get back in action, but won't find it easy against the champs. Elsewhere, another good one. The human beings, two and two, take on Cop My Balls, also two and two. Scheduled to be super tight. And elsewhere, the O and four goose eggs, scheduled to beat the Kenneth's Killers, who are three and one. Kenneth's Killers. Up against it, maybe this week, Taylor Swift, completely injured and out for week five. Tasty matchup zone. Yeah, yeah. Ever If there's ever a week to, to break your duck and you come up against, you obviously want to be playing Kieran when he's missing the T-Swizzle in the backfield. I mean, that's the week to do it. Uh, Keen, if you can't break your duck, if you can't break your jinx this week against my shit team, <laughs> you might be starting to think packing in season, pal. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, definitely the most one I'm looking forward to, the biggest, is uh, uh, Quinny and Adam. Ball three and one. And uh, been scoring very well. Two really good teams. It's uh, going to be interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm just looking at it. We got... We got three games right now scheduled to be a 49-51% battle. I mean, that's razor tight. The other one, 53-47. We got a 44-46 and a 56-44. But, man, it's, uh, yeah. All schedules to be tight anyway, but we'll see how it works out. It, as we just talked about before, we came on the air. It's just been the weirdest fantasy season so far. Yeah, it's been odd. Uh you know, there's a lot of big names out there not doing what they were projected to do. There's some smaller names out there having worldly weeks. Everyone seems to be on and off. There's not many consistent players week to week, uh, in particular the running back position. But, uh, yeah, it's been a strange year, but, uh, you know, bring it on. I'm all here for the weird. Absolutely. Well, let's have a look at... The redraft. If you're not first, you're last. If you ain't first, you're last. Another good competitive week in the if you're not first, you're last a redraft league. The brothers Burn went at it in this league too, and Owen came out 2-0 for his week's action, inflicting the first loss of the season on unnecessary roughness 168 to 149. Who earned Sucky Sponge Sucks finished two and two. Elsewhere, Anas, Dalvin, and the Chipmunks get their first win of the year. They beat the champions, Meeks, Doc, uh, Mr. Meeks, Meeks, and Destroyers 159 147. Elsewhere, Aaron's team 
lost again. This time, Ben getting a win. Feeling that winning feeling in the Redraft League. He's now 2-2. Two and two. Elsewhere, Stevens' team get a win over the fantasy football team. And they move out to 3-1. and one. A huge win here. 173-105. to 105. A demolition of Keane's team in both leagues this week. And staffs the way you like it. Get a razor-tight win of just four and a half points over Adam's hot chub time machine. And we look at the tables. Stevens' team, an unnecessary roughness out in front, three and one. Then we got a whole mash of teams on two and two. Sookie's bunch of sucks, hot chub time machine. Mr. Meat Seeks and Destroyers, fancy football team, staffs the way you like it. And my ball, Zach Hurts, bringing up the rear. It's Aaron's team. And once again... Aina, one and three at the bottom. <laughs> Consistency is everything, Aina. Consistency is everything. Two standouts yeah. for this uh, for me this week. Uh, I bet you in both leagues, cramming up your cram hole. Love to see it. And I just noticed that over the last two weeks, Keegan has gone 0 and 4 in both leagues. Well done, Keegan. Nasty. Nasty. All right, with that said, let's bring you into the betting corner. Who do you like in the afternoon games? Well, I like the 49ers because they're pure of heart. Seattle because they got something to prove. And the Raiders because they always cheat. And in an extremely suspicious play, the Raiders win! So, here we are in the betting corner. We really, really hope you didn't take our advice in last week's episode. (laughs) Both came out. With goose eggs, uh, mine probably a little closer. No one's the team I bet to win actually won. But Sorry, if you didn't win, are. if you don't win the money, you didn't win. It's <laughs> irrelevant. It's totally irrelevant. I, I said I got a little closer. I didn't we say I won. We're not betting teams here. We're betting numbers. We don't bet teams. It doesn't matter. Well, with that said, on give us your lock of the week. Your lock. Your lock double. Your double lock. Double lock for this week. San Francisco 49ers minus four and a half. Now, you're going to have to look in the alternate handicap for that. The actual line is six and a half. But I feel like they are at the Panthers. I feel like it's going to be a low-scoring game. And they may not get as far ahead as a touchdown. Um, I think they're going to win comfortably. But I'm just worried it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think they're just going to control time and position a lot here. Panders are real bad, haven't scored uh, more than 17 points yet this season. And yeah, Fancy the Niners minus four and a half. Doubling down that with the Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets minus three. I think the number here was adjusted a little too much with the fact that uh, Teddy Bridgewater is playing instead of uh, Tua Tungavailoa. Last week, this line was minus five and a half. It's now minus three. I think two and a half points is too much of a change for uh, the illicit downgrade from Tua to Bridgewater. Bridgewater, very steady. One of the best backups in the league. Steady, Teddy. Let's go. San Fran minus four and a half. Doubled with Miami, minus three. Alrighty, alrighty. And me... I know nothing about betting. I'm going to put my lock of the week 
on the Detroit Lions to get a win. They are plus three away in New England, but they're high flying. New England has all sorts of problems at their QB spot. Uh, both starting QBs are injured. Billy Zappi might be getting the start, or it could be uh, a, a, an injured uh, Big Mac. Uh, either way, I think the Lions are just on fire offensively. I think they're going to uh, win this one with a plus three. Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game, and the Lions might win it outright. And if they don't, it's going to be close enough that, yeah, I like the Lions plus three and a half as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, this is week number five. We've got a, another London game this weekend, so action kicking off at 2.30 on Sunday. We've got the Packers in their, in their first uh, visit to London. They're taking on the Giants, but uh, we get 10 hours of football once again on uh, on Sunday, which is all good. That, of course, follows uh, the Colts uh, against the Broncos on Thursday night. You'll probably hear this podcast on Friday. Um, yeah, uh, so I hope you enjoy is. that game. But, uh, but uh, yeah, look, set those lineups. A lot of injuries out there. Week six is coming. That's when the fun starts of bye weeks. Ooh. Boo. <laughs> Bring on the bye so weeks. So, look, enjoy week five's action, and we will talk to you leading into week six. Signing off for another pod. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.